Trump has finally found his core demographic, people who will not be alive for his administration. They've always been his demographic, haven't they? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. Mm-hmm. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Be brave. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast at 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on 93 FM WLRI News Radio, in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM. In Palinville, New York on 102.9 FM WLPP. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And yep, streaming coast to coast and around the globe on the Progressive Voices channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com. Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Detour Talk, Radio Monterey, and Radio Sputnik, amongst others, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. You can run, but you can't hide. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today for another thrilling action-packed adventure as we try to make sense of the senseless, or whatever it is, whatever the hell it is we try to do here. Uh, Glad you could join us today. Um, uh, Hopefully, uh, folks on the uh, southeastern seaboard have their hatches still battened down as Hurricane Matthew continues to batter the Florida coast as we go to air today. Uh, Powerful winds, potentially devastating storm surges and torrential rain, uh, leaving still, uh, we're looking at about one million people currently as we go to air who are without power. Um, as officials are still trying to get folks to clear, uh, to get folks to uh, to clear out of there if they can. Looks like much of Florida, and Des, you've been keeping an eye on this uh, closer than I, but it looks like much of Florida has so far uh dodged the worst of oh, the yes. uh, of, of hurricane Matthew yes most of it however there is still very strong uh storm surge damage mm-hmm. in uh, areas that are sort of in central and northern Florida east coast Florida um, that they have uh, inundation in St Augustine and Jacksonville and other uh, other areas so it's not like it's like they dodged a huge bullet uh, mm-hmm. they still got hit and they got pr- hit pretty hard but the uh, the worst is probably yet to come because uh, you know there's some uncertainty in the forecast of exactly where Hurricane Matthew will track. Mm -hmm. But wherever it does end up going, it is going to increase storm surge. And that's the dangerous part. You know, they ask people to evacuate because they want to make sure you understand that if you're in a place where you decide to stay and you're wrong, emergency responders cannot save you. And that is so far uh, seems to be tied to the uh, two dead that uh, are so far on record here. One victim was a woman in her late 50s. She died from a cardiac arrest. 
according to St. Lucie fire officials, but because crews could not respond to her location. And the woman died by the time the crews arrived. In the other uh, so far reported death in, uh, in Florida, uh, there was a, a, an 80, an, a report of an unconscious 82-year-old man who was having uh, difficulty breathing. But it took a while for the emergency vehicles to deem it safe to go uh, travel there and get the first responders there. The patient was taken to the hospital, but the uh, man was later declared dead. Meanwhile, in um, in Haiti and the other Caribbean nations, the death toll continues to rise there. And there's been uh, differing uh, reports. Well, there's an explanation for that. Now, Reuters is Mm -hmm. the one that has put out this very sadly high uh, death toll. They say right now 842 have been confirmed dead, but that is... How many? 842. Wow. They said that, that that's based on their own compilation. It's based on combining information from the Civil Protection Service and also from local officials. So it could still change. It is very mm. highly likely to go up because they're saying right now in these areas that were cut off that, you know, that because mm-hmm. of poor home construction and roads and bridges going out, a lot of people died in their homes. And then uh, we'll still see the, the disease and so forth. Oh, yeah, from the humanitarian crisis yeah. afterwards from cholera is, cholera, is just yeah. is, is devastating. This is uh, potentially still uh, storm surges up to uh, 10 feet uh, in, in Florida, in Georgia, in South Carolina, along about 500 miles of coast uh, along those states. So no other Atlantic storm on record has packed such powerful winds for such a prolonged period of time as Hurricane Matthew. I guess that's because it didn't come on shore, so there's a plus and a minus there. Right. Now, uh, now yeah. there is a huge difference um, with the... The eye of the hurricane and the track of the eye of the hurricane wobbling just a little bit a few miles to the west would have been billions of dollars mm. in damage for Florida. So it's 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 a it's that's what the nature of forecasting is. It's trying to give people a reasonable idea of where the worst is going to hit and where they might be in danger. And then we find out what actually happens. So, you know, if we're lucky, then. You know, South Carolina and Georgia might not get the full brunt of the hurricane, but they'll still sustain serious damage. We can only hope about uh, three million people have been told to evacuate in Florida, Georgia and South Carolina. Uh, Mandatory evacuations in Georgia. About one million people were ordered to move from coastal areas in South Carolina. So we will uh, continue to keep our eyes on that, continue to hope for the best for everyone. Um, the uh, and believe it or not, this is related. Uh, registration, voter registration deadlines for the upcoming election are uh, are now uh, beginning to land in a bunch of states uh, over this weekend. Uh, Arizona's mail deadline for. Uh, voter registration. This is uh, on October 8th in Arizona, uh, Mississippi, Montana, South Carolina. More on that in a minute. Hawaii's mail deadline for uh, for voter registration uh, on Sunday. It's Rhode Island, Arkansas, Utah by mail, West Virginia by mail. Next week, Washington, Arizona, Alaska, Hawaii, uh, Michigan, New Mexico, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Texas, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Louisiana, Montana, Tennessee, Illinois, District of Columbia, Missouri. So a bunch of uh, voter registration deadlines are coming down. If you are not registered to vote or if you have moved and you haven't re-registered at your new address, now would be a very, very good time to do that, to check on it. Also, if you're uh, uh, if you think you are registered in one of those states, uh, now's a good time to check and make sure you are actually still on those roles. 
roles. As we know, states like Ohio have been removing people from the roles inaccurately, illegally, improperly, uh, and uh, also with a lot of states now having different uh, uh, rules for voting where your name has to match absolutely perfectly on your uh, on your ID with how you are registered. There's a good time to check there as well. In Florida, as I mentioned, and this is how it ties back, uh, the registration deadline is coming up, as I said, uh, Tuesday of this coming week. So there was a whole bunch of voter registration drives planned for this weekend, and those are canceled now, many of them, most of them, with uh, millions of people evacuated uh, Florida, uh, the state of Florida, has rejected a request from uh, from the Hillary Clinton campaign to extend the state's voter registration deadline because of the hurricane. Rick Scott, governor there, Republican governor there, and uh, a man with a history of trying to keep people from being able to cast their proper votes. He said, I'm not going to extend it. Everybody has had a lot of time to register. On top of that, we have lots of opportunities to vote, early voting, absentee voting, election day, so I don't intend to make any changes. I'm not going to extend it. <laughs> Democratic-leaning political groups said they had to cancel these uh, registration drives in the last days because of the storm. And, and they've been uh, you know, planning to do this for the last several days. And remember, this evacuation has been going on for several days throughout the week. And they've been concentrating more on getting the people out of there than they have been on doing voter registration, obviously. Uh, election supervisors see a surge in voter interest right before the registration closes generally. University of Florida's uh, Daniel Smith, uh, who studies Florida voting very, very, very closely, uh, said about 50,000 people registered during the final five days back in uh, 2012. 50,000 people. So those are the kind of numbers that we're talking about uh, that may be uh, cut off here, unable to register at all before the deadline. Cancellations began last Wednesday. Uh, President Obama had called into uh, a, a radio station and the host there told them that uh, their registration drive had been called off. Another group engaged Miami Civic Fund had intended to register students at Florida University, International University and Miami-Dade College. That has been called off. The uh, busy weekend events have been called off for that group. In Orlando, the National Council of La Raza suspended canvassing on Thursday. Uh, and, and yet the state of Florida says this is all political. This is a, a quote from Jackie Schultz, a spokeswoman from uh, uh, for uh, Governor Rick Scott in the Miami Herald, said for any political party to ask this in the middle of a storm is political. That, according to Jackie Schultz. Who, chair, who works for Governor Rick Scott and who chairs a pro-Trump super PAC. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, earlier in the day, uh, this was on uh, Thursday, South Carolina's Republican governor, Nikki Haley, she agreed to extend her state's registration deadline. Not a problem. Somehow it wasn't political when she did it. Well, not in South Carolina, I guess, where there are more registered Republicans than Democrats, perhaps. That's what a cynical person might say. I'm not cynical, though, of course. Uh, so there could be more lawsuits about this concerning the uh, voter registration deadline. You know, in the past, when we've seen these storms at the last minute, accommodations are made for voters. We saw that uh, Chris Christie did that up in New Jersey when uh, Superstorm Sandy struck back in 2012. 
Rick Scott, so far at least, is refusing to do it. So please, please pay attention uh, to these registration deadlines because in uh, many states, guys like uh, Rick Scott, uh, he ain't your friend, unfortunately. He's not a friend of the voters. Uh, In the meantime... Uh, There are very serious concerns about the fact that the Justice Department, the U.S. Justice Department, uh, has reduced the number of federal observers that will be stationed uh, inside of polling places this year in a big way. Uh, For the past 50 years, the U.S. Department of Justice has been sending out hundreds of observers and poll monitors across the country to ensure that voters are not intimidated, are not uh, discriminated against when they cast their ballots. But uh, because of what the U.S. Supreme Court did back in 2013 when it gutted the Voting Rights Act, you know, you hear me talking about that all the time and the fact that the Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act. Well, aside from uh, keeping many of these Republican states from being able to uh, being able to uh, enact laws that keep people from voting, that put restrictions on voting, Restrictions that might have been that would have had to get federal approval first. They don't have to get that approval anymore because of what the Supreme Court did. There's also this other effect, which is uh, that list of, uh, of of jurisdictions, states, and so forth that used to require uh, federal approval because of their history of uh, racial discrimination at the polling place. That was the same list that the Department of Justice used as justification for going out and observing at the polls. Uh, b- back in the uh, in the summer, Attorney General Loretta Lynch had said, uh, in the past, we have relied heavily on election observers, specially trained individuals who are authorized to enter polling locations and monitor the process to ensure that it lives up to its legal obligations, but our ability to deploy them has now been severely curtailed. In the 2012 presidential election, the last Uh, The the last presidential election before the court ruling that leads us now to the first time in 50 years that we'll have a presidential election without the full protection of the Voting Rights Act. Back in 2012, the Justice Department had sent out more than 780 observers and other personnel to polling places in 51 jurisdictions in 23 states to watch for unlawful activity. Uh, The observers were specially trained. Uh, They were required to be uh, inside of the polling places. This year, the DOJ says that uh, they are sending observers to fewer than five states and to those locations only because uh, the oversight has been ordered by judges in very specific cases. Other than that, they can no longer use the Voting Rights Act as justification for sending out these workers. There are 14 states where poll workers are being asked to implement new laws, including voter ID requirements. For the first time in a presidential election, yet federal observers will not be sent inside those polling places in those states, according to The Washington Post. The Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights uh, calls this a game changer. They add that uh, historically the Federal Observer Program has been valuable and necessary to help prevent intimidation and harassment of minority voters. Without those protections, Kristen Clark, president of uh, Lawyers Committee, says we are bracing for the worst. And all of this is happening at a time that Donald Trump is encouraging voters to uh, to go out and make sure there's no cheating in, you know, certain areas. 
So uh, this is what we are uh, lo- looking uh, towards on the ground. Brace, brace for the worst. I think that's a, I think that's a good suggestion. And there are reasons to believe we are going to be seeing uh, a mess, just an absolute mess this November. I continue to hope I'm wrong, uh, but signs suggest otherwise. Signs suggest otherwise, particularly, well, in a number of states. But we've been talking about Wisconsin of late, where the uh, their uh, photo ID voting restriction had been uh, had been knocked down time and again by the courts in Wisconsin. And yet the federal appellate court there has allowed that law to stay in place because at the last minute, the state of Wisconsin told, uh, which is amazing, uh, the state of Wisconsin uh, told the uh, federal appellate court, that our DMV have now, all the workers there have now been retrained. If you walk in to any DMV and tell them you need a photo ID, you will be given a certificate that will allow you to vote on Election Day. Well, as Ari Berman reported last week uh, at The Nation, that is not the case. A group named Vote Riders, we had their president on last week, has been going uh, with uh, volunteers in Wisconsin from Vote Riders, have been going with voters as they've tried to get photo ID. And they found out, in fact, the uh, DMV workers were not trained uh, in this uh, this (laughs) this idea that they're supposed to give out a, a certification immediately. They're supposed to give out a certificate that would allow voters to vote as long as they go to the DMV. This is what the state of Wisconsin had promised. Scott Walker, state of Wisconsin, had promised the federal courts. All you got to do is go to a DMV and you'll be given a certificate. Well, uh, apparently they forgot to tell the workers at the DMV. And people are getting we're getting turned away in seven out of 10 of the DMVs that vote riders checked. Now, uh, there are some 300,000 already registered, legally registered voters in the state of Wisconsin who will not be able to vote this year. Under this new law, under this new photo ID restriction law that should have been cut down. Uh, And uh, once the court heard about this, once the federal court heard about Berman's report, they were furious and uh, they have asked now the uh, the state to explain themselves. There's a hearing coming up on Wednesday. Frankly, they need to simply just suspend this law entirely for this election. Whether the federal court will do that or not remains to be seen. And even if they do it, it remains to be seen whether the U.S. Supreme Court will allow it because the Supreme Court has said you can't make last minute changes to election laws, even to bad election laws. In this case, of course, you have a a bad election law about which the state has lied to that same federal court. Will that make any difference? I don't know. But that's the kind of chaos we're looking at potential chaos that we could be looking at in a state like Wisconsin and these other states where these laws have been passed. Now, because we tend to, you know, speak about uh, these laws in general terms, 300,000 voters who have uh, registered to vote who uh, won't be able to vote this year under this new law unless they can figure out how to get a photo ID. Uh, Occasionally, uh, you know, we try to report on some specific cases. We've done this over the years because it'll give you a better idea of of what is actually going on, the type of people that are actually being kept from their voting rights. Ari Berman, again, over at The Nation, has been doing a great job of, of pulling out these stories. You know, these aren't just 
300,000 in uh, in Wisconsin or more than a million in Texas. These are actual people who are actually fighting like hell and who have actually already lost their right to vote under previous elections since these laws have been passed. Ari Berman, I want to read part of this story from uh, from Ari. Uh, he writes about uh, Christine Crookie. She was born in Lublin, Wisconsin in 1925. She first voted in the 1948 presidential election. She has voted ever since. She's an independent who has voted for John, John F. Kennedy. She also voted for Ronald Reagan and George W. Bush. But since Wisconsin passed its photo ID law in 2011, Crookie has lost her right to vote. She made three trips, three trips to the DMV. Again, you know, the argument is, well, anybody, if you don't have ID, all you got to do is go to the DMV and get one. It's easy. They're free. Crookie made three trips to the DMV, bringing an Illinois photo ID, proof of residence in Wisconsin, a birth certificate, her marriage certificate. But she could not get a Wisconsin photo ID for voting, despite three trips. She first went to the DMV in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, in, uh, in June of 2013. She's been trying this now for three years. Back in June of 2013, she went with her daughter. Her daughter said, my mother does not have an unexpired passport, a Wisconsin-issued photo ID, or any other kind of photo acceptable for voting, according to Sharon Erickson. That's her daughter. This was in a, in a court declaration that was filed by the ACLU challenging this law. Crucky lived in Illinois for most of her life before she moved to Wisconsin five years ago, and she no longer drives. She brought her Illinois photo ID to the DMV. She brought a bank statement. She brought an insurance statement. But the DMV worker said she needed a birth certificate to get a Wisconsin ID for voting. The problem is the Crucky was born back in 1925 on a farm and she has no idea where her birth certificate is. She called the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. She paid $20 for her birth certificate. However, her Polish last name, Zaskarinski, uh, was spelled Zaskraninski instead. And there's a whole bunch of Z's and S's and C's in there that make it very difficult to even read it, you know, much less write it. So it was misspelled by a few letters. She brought the birth certificate. Nonetheless, she paid for it. She brought the birth certificate with her on the second trip to the DMV. And the DMV, once again, would not issue her a, a, a photo ID because the birth certificate didn't match her current name, which is Crucky, which she adopted after getting married. Yes, women get married, so their names are different than what's on their birth certificate. So, yes, women face a, a taller obstacle in getting these photo IDs that are supposed to be free and easy at the DMV. They said she'd have to therefore obtain her marriage certificate from Illinois. So she paid $15 to get the marriage certificate from Cook County, Illinois, but it listed her maiden name as Bandis because Crookie had adopted that name rather than her Polish name, Zazrosinski, after moving in with her adopted step stepsister in her late 20s. So now she makes a third trip to the DMV. Remember, she's already paid $20 for a birth certificate. She's already paid $15 for a marriage certificate. But she could not get a voter ID on the third trip because the maiden name on her Illinois marriage certificate did not match the name on her Wisconsin birth certificate. 
She said she'd have to change the name on her Illinois marriage certificate. She she said her daughter said uh, that she almost went over the counter at the DMV. She was so furious. And this is just one story, one story of hundreds of thousands of people facing these similar obstacles. But it's not over. The daughter, Erickson, called the courthouse in Cook County, Illinois, and they said that it would cost between $150 and $300 to amend her mother's Illinois marriage certificate. This is also this woman could vote as she has been doing since 1948. A clerk in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, said there was a chance, quote-unquote chance, that a Wisconsin judge would amend her mother's document if they paid $300 in court fees. At that point, Erickson gave up trying to get her mother a Wisconsin voter ID. In, uh, in the April 2016 presidential primary in Wisconsin, this was the first time, the first election in her life in which Crookie was unable to vote. And that was uh, the election after which Governor Scott Walker said that the voter ID law, quote, works just fine. The daughter wrote a letter (laughs) to the governor uh, explaining the story of what her mother has been trying to go through. Remember, back in the 60s, a poll tax of one dollar and 50 cents in the state of Virginia was found to be unconstitutional. And this woman has already paid how much? and gone through how many trips to the DMV. Thankfully, she had a daughter who was able to take her to the DMV three different times because she doesn't have a driver's license anymore, remember? Three different times to try to get her ID. In that letter, that angry letter to Scott Walker, uh, the daughter wrote, we want you to know how the law that you supported and signed in the law affects your constituency in an extremely negative way. Why are the Wisconsin Republicans, as well as the Republicans nationwide, attempting to rig elections by stifling the right to vote of good and honest Americans? Uh, Good question. Actually, it's not a good question. We know the question. We know the answer. Because they're trying to keep certain people from being able to vote. And they don't care if it affects a few Republicans along with it. Because it'll affect more people who tend to vote Democratic than will vote Republican. So remember, this this woman had had voted uh, for George W. Bush, had voted for Ronald Reagan. She, too, is being uh, disallowed her right to vote. A group named One Wisconsin Now has filed a brief asking uh, uh, federal judge Peterson... Uh, who had tried to block this law previously, but was uh, overruled by the federal appellate court after the state of Wisconsin lied to the federal appellate court. Uh, So now they're asking Peterson to block this law entirely before the November election. There is this hearing coming up on uh, on Wednesday, which the uh, judge has called on on his own after hearing the way the uh, the state apparently lied to the federal court, lied uh, and and about, you know, these court orders that they were they had to give a certificate to vote to anyone who walked in and asked for one to a DMV. The filing also notes that voters with IDs are are not being given the help required by law. One third of voters, uh, it says, who were formerly denied IDs, most of whom were already disenfranchised in elections earlier this year, still do not have the ID they need to vote in the general election, which is one month away. 
The DMV, however, had said that uh, uh, we believe our process is sound. This was the head of the Department of Transportation. We'll see if that's what they say in court next week. Uh, there's also supposed to be an education campaign, by the way, that the state is supposed to be putting money into letting voters know about how the law works or doesn't. And uh, the state reports that it's placed advertisements, for example, in 52 different movie theaters letting people know uh, throughout the state about what they need to do in order to vote under this new law. And as it turns out, according to this, uh, the, this, this complaint in federal court, not a single one of those ads is in theaters in Milwaukee. Democratic base, African-American base, the state did not bother to let them know at all in their uh, in their ads that I'm sure they'll go into the uh, you know into the court next week and they'll tell people hey we're, we've got ads we've got ads everywhere movie theaters to let people know so that's just the story of one woman multiply that by tens and hundreds of thousands and again I don't care who they vote for I want them to be able to uh, exercise their right to vote and hundreds of thousands in the state of Wisconsin are not going to be able to and these photo ID restrictions have now been shown to limit the way uh, to to reduce the turnout for Democrats anywhere from one and a half percent to as much as eight percent in some places. In the meantime, that's not all that's going on in Wisconsin. Thousands of mailed absentee ballots could be thrown out because witnesses for the voters did not provide their full addresses. This according to the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel today. A fraction of absentee ballots so far have been mailed in, uh, but the number of ballots at risk of being completely tossed out, that's now in the hundreds, but it could easily grow to the thousands in the state's largest city alone. That's according to Neil Albrecht, the executive director of the Milwaukee Election Commission. In most cases where ballots are at risk, it's because the error on the uh, absentee ballot is a minor one. The witness provided a street address but did not name the uh, municipality. So, for example, I don't know, do, do you understand this? So here in, in, in Wisconsin, if you want to vote by absentee, you can do so, but you have to have somebody witness it, and they have to put their name and their address uh, that, you know, I witnessed uh, that it was this person who was casting this absentee ballot. Okay. And, and some of these uh, ballots are now coming in where they're, they're signed by the witness who puts their uh, street address on there, 1225 Olive Avenue. But they forgot to put the name of the city. They didn't put the name of the municipality on there. Uh, you know, and uh, despite the fact that the clerks are getting these in, they know what the municipality is. Often it's the same exact address as the person who's filling it out. So elderly you know, couples who might vote absentee, they witness each other's absentee ballot. But they didn't put the, the name of the town. So a clerical error, essentially. But it's not an error. It's actually it's on purpose. And uh, as the Journal Sentinel reports, the uh, often the voter and the witness live at the same address, but clerks are not allowed to fill in the missing information unless they can track down the voter and get his or her permission. Albrecht, who runs the uh, Milwaukee Election Commission, says what distresses me most about this is it's mostly seniors. Uh, and this issue is surfacing after Governor Scott Walker and the Republicans in the legislature approved a law that said mailed absentee ballots cannot be counted if witnesses do not provide a full address. 
Absentee ballots have long needed a, uh, a witness to be signed with the ballot uh, so that clerks can be confident that ballots are filled out by the voter that they were sent to and not by someone else. But in the past, witnesses were supposed to provide their addresses. But if they didn't, the ballots were still counted. That changed this spring with a provision that was tucked into legislation changing election law procedures. Uh, Milwaukee has received about 400 ballots so far where the witness supplied only partial addresses. According to Albrecht, they are trying to get in touch with these voters. That does not include instances where witnesses provided no address at all. In those cases, the ballots are simply returned to the voter to correct the problem. But if it's a partial address, they have to go track down the voter and try to get their permission to count the ballots. Albrecht uh, expects this uh, to reach into the thousands in the state of Wisconsin. The Wisconsin Election Commission has told clerks they can add the municipality or other address information only if they get the permission of the voters. But that is impractical, according to Albrecht, because uh, voters don't uh, typically have the clerks don't typically have the, the phone numbers or the email addresses for the voters. So that's also going on in Wisconsin. So when you hear people say, oh, you know what? Hillary's opening up in the polls. Uh, This is looking good for her. We don't have to worry anymore. Never mind the fact that there's also, uh, you know, uh, congressional elections, senatorial elections, uh, local city elections, uh, ballot initiatives that are going to be on the ballot, all kinds of things above and beyond the presidential race that could be affected by a few dozen votes, a few hundred, a few thousand votes. But also, you are talking about the rights of individuals. You are talking about the right to vote, that Republicans who pretend to give a damn about rights have been fighting like hell to keep people from having, and they're doing it specifically in states that they think they can win, that they think they can flip. And it's not just Wisconsin. It's also going on in Ohio and in Florida and in a whole bunch of other states. We'll talk about a few of them after this break. i got to get out. Sorry I'm running long, Desi. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with more Bradcast right after this. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. Trying to calm me down, aren't you? There, <laughs> uh, is it working? Uh, well, we'll see. Uh, we can't. We can't even talk about this breaking story, can we? We can't. Uh, well, we could talk about it. We cannot play this audio. Yes, we cannot play this cannot audio play on this FCC audio. radio. Yeah. Sorry, folks. That's all right. Uh, That's what the you, internet's or, for. You should say you're welcome, folks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Trump, Donald Trump, was caught in a hot, hot mic, talking about what he likes to do to women. This was uh, 10 years ago, 10 years ago. So things are all better now. Uh, he, he says, uh, no, quote, nobody has more respect for women than me. So we don't have to worry about what he said 
10 years ago, although I suspect other people will be playing this, uh, will be playing this audio that it looks like uh, NBC News. I'm not, I'm not sure if they were the first ones to obtain it or not. But uh, from uh, 10 years ago, talking about uh, grabbing women, st- starting to kiss them, um, and other things that we can't say yes. on this show. Essentially, he's talking about groping women and, oh, you know, all the different ways that he would like to or has done in the past and ways that he's really gone after some women. And, you know, I have to say it was it turned my stomach personally turned my stomach to hear the things that he was saying so i'm glad we're not playing that and i just want to note for the record kate shepherd she's the uh editor of the environment section over at huffington post and and she said look folks in the media if your headline is anything less than quote trump caught on tape discussing how to sexually assault women she says you're doing it wrong there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I'm sure everyone else will be talking about that all weekend uh, and and trying to figure out what it was that he actually said when they play the audio and they have to bleep out so much of it uh, in any event. The poor women. <laughs> well, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, any event, uh, getting back to the stuff that matters. If you're concerned about a guy like that becoming president of the United States, then you need to be concerned about these stories we're talking about today because details matter. Details matter if you're in Wisconsin and you're the, the witness for one of these absentee ballots uh, and you don't put this, the, the town on there. You live in a little town. Everybody knows where this uh, where this town is, where this address is. Uh, that that ballot will not be counted the way things are going right there in Wisconsin. So you need to pay attention to those kind of details. You need to pay attention to when the voter registration deadline is in your state. You need to pay uh, pay attention to make sure you are still registered as you think you are. And your friends and your family. All of those little details matter. And we got and it's not just Wisconsin, as I noted before the break. We've got a story I'm going to try to get to here in Ohio where those details come into play as well. But all of this plays against this backdrop that continues. It's a drumbeat that continues. So we have to continue to cover it here to, uh, you know, try to help as many people, try to educate, inform as many people as we can. So there will be an actual army of people armed with facts on Election Day about what's going on. Uh, so last uh, what was his last, over the weekend, uh, uh, Drudge, Drudge Report had a headline stating that uh, report 1,000 plus illegal voters in Virginia. Ugh. Illegal And by illegal voters, they mean non-citizen voters. Uh, and uh, Dan uh, Schiavano, who is the director of social media and a senior advisor to the Trump campaign, uh, tweeted this link to Dr- the Drudge Report saying, terrible, we know who the 1,000 plus illegal aliens are not voting for. A fixed presidential election in the making. Will we ever know? The guy, you know, runs social media for the Trump campaign, a senior advisor, already putting a month before the election, saying the election is going to be fixed because of, well, you know, 1,000 illegal voters in Virginia. Now, as Rick Hassan, election law professor at UC Irvine, points out, who, who actually bothered to read the report that the headline was based on, that Drudge Report was using, that Fox News was using. As it turns out, they identified only 31 actual non-citizen voters in Virginia over the last 10 years. So it's not a thousand plus illegal illegal aliens in there voting for Hillary Clinton. 
No, it's 31 non-citizen voters in Virginia over the past 10 years out of millions and millions, perhaps hundreds of millions of votes at this point uh, that, that were cast in Virginia. 31. So it is not 1,000 plus, as uh, Hassan points out, adding, don't believe the hype. Non-citizen voting is a real but very small problem because the penalties are high and the payoff is low. Yeah, you'll get, you know, deported for one, thrown in jail for two, fined up to $10,000 for three. Hassan adds we should still deal with the problem, and I agree, uh, but we should deal with it, as he notes, with universal voter registration conducted by the federal government. Let everyone be registered to vote, period. And he says uh, national voter ID with an optional thumbprint. Well, there's an idea. Republicans have been trying to stop national ID uh, for years, for years, Uh, even claiming that everyone should have an ID. Well, every time the federal government tries to say, "Okay, let's have a national ID system, the Republicans are against it. They think it'll be a privacy issue, uh, whatever it is. Uh, But, you know, it's counter to the very thing that they pretend to want in these states where they're pushing these ID laws. And what about that optional thumbprint, a thumbprint? We have the technology now that you can walk into the to the polling place and they can have a device. You put your finger on it and and uh, it confirms you are who you say you are. Or hell, you could have them take a, a photo with a with an iPhone of a voter who doesn't have the needed ID and then let them vote normally. And then now you've got a photo of this person. But those are not solutions that Republicans are putting forward to because there's really, in truth, there's no problem here and they don't want a solution to it, even if there was. Hassan says, don't expect non-citizens to steal the presidential election. Well, guess who still does? Donald Trump. In a meeting with a Border Patrol union leader today, Trump claimed that the federal government is allowing undocumented immigrants to enter the country in order to vote in the upcoming presidential election. (laughs) <laughs> uh, Donald Trump uh, told reporters who were covering this uh, this meeting today, this according to a transcript that was posted by NBC's Ali Vitali, uh, he said, I'm sure you're not going to write it, but to me, they're letting people pour into this country so that they can vote. Trump was responding to a statement from Art Del Cueto, the vice president of the National Border uh, Border Patrol Council, which is a union representing Border Patrol agents that has endorsed Donald Trump. According to the uh, L.A. Times, Cueto said that uh, they're checking the records. They're noticing that they have criminal records, but they're setting them aside because at this point they're saying immigration is so tied up with trying to get people that are on the waiting list, hurry up and get them their immigration status corrected to make them citizens. They were This guy's just making stuff up at this point. That makes no sense, by the way. Trump responds, and these are professionals. These are people that want to do it. You, you hear a thing like that, it's a disgrace. I'll tell you, well, it'll be a lot different if I get elected. Asked about Trump's comments and what the hell he was talking about on Friday, White House Deputy Secretary uh, Eric Schultz said, I haven't seen the comments and I have no idea what he would use to back those up. Sean Moran, a spokesperson for the National Border Patrol Council, told the uh, Chicago Tribune that the roundtable discussion had conflated two entirely separate issues, illegal border crossings into the U.S. and the nat- naturalization process for potential citizens. 
Moran said that no border agents had been directed to allow anyone in illegally to vote. Border Patrol agents are not involved in the naturalization process. That's under the purview of the U.S. Customs and Immigration Services. So much bad information out there. All right, very quickly. I know we got to get to another break, but let me do this uh, very quickly. Uh, back on uh, September 13, there was a two-to-one decision, a three-judge panel in Ohio uh, in the, the U.S. Uh, Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals that rejected a challenge to Ohio's provisional absentee ba- uh, voting rule. The plaintiffs had argued uh, that, the, uh, that the, the rules applying to absentee ba- ballots were being applied differently in different Ohio counties, which was a violation of Bush v. Gore from 2000 that said all the votes needed to be counted the same way. Some counties were actually tossing ballots because of minor errors, and others were actually counting those ballots. So the plaintiffs in this case, uh, who lost this two-to-one decision, they said they'd like the entire Sixth Circuit to rehear the case, but that has now been rejected and a, uh, a written opinion uh, promises to follow from the from the Sixth Circuit Court. But the plaintiffs are now considering maybe going to the Supreme Court, where the options are not great because of the four to four tie on the Supreme Court. This is uh, from the statement from the, the plaintiffs counsel. The court has ensured that thousands of registered Ohio voters who, whose eligibility uh, county election boards do not question. So they're, we know that they're registered voters. There's no question about that. But thousands of these registered Ohio voters will now be disenfranchised over trivial errors and omissions on ballot forms like missing a zip code, writing in a name in legible cursive rather than in block letters as they are instructed. If they use cursive, it won't be counted in some counties, but not others. The court has also tolerated a situation in which large urban counties with the biggest percentages of minority voters are disenfranchising voters over these trivial ballot form errors and omissions when the small, white, rural counties have, not, have been exposed as not doing so. For example, the plaintiffs wrote, if you inadvertently leave your zip code off of your form in Cuyahoga, Franklin, Hamilton, Stark or Lucas counties, you will be disenfranchised, even if the board has no doubt regarding your eligibility. While in Meigs County and other small counties, that vote will count. They will count that same vote that would have been thrown out in these uh, in these large counties. How is that remotely fair, the plaintiffs ask? In this case, the court swept these undisputed, inconvenient facts in the record under the rug and did not even discuss them. The appeals court decision defies Bush v. Gore and its own uh, recent precedents. It neuters the Voting Rights Act as well, which prohibits the disparate racial impact that these practices represent. The homeless coalitions uh, who filed this uh, who filed this case say they do not understand how a judge whose House Speaker husband the case accuses of leading racial discrimination and constitutional and voting rights violations can feel free to participate in a court decision denying voting rights. Or how this is the impartial justice that our system promises. So this uh, this judge who is married to the House Speaker in Ohio, did not recuse herself from this decision. 
Ohioans need to be incredibly vigilant when filling out absentee and provisional ballot forms, the plaintiffs say, because Secretary Husted, John Husted, Secretary of State in Ohio, is playing a game of disenfranchisement gotcha, rather than showing a devotion to accounting to counting every legitimate vote. They say, while we are still uh, studying our Supreme Court options, hopes for affected Ohio voters in this close presidential election may well be lost. Voters may never learn that their ballots were not counted. Pay attention to the details, people, wherever you are. The details, the registration details, the registration deadlines, when you fill out those absentee ballots, make sure you get it right. A state like Ohio is incredibly close on the presidential election, uh, presidential level and all of the other elections uh, on the ballot as well. Pay attention to the details. Details count, particularly in cases we've got public officials who don't want your vote to count. Don't let that happen. And when I hear from people who say, oh, I don't like uh, either of the candidates. Well, there's a lot more than just two candidates. Uh, on the presidential ballot, but there's a lot more stuff that's on the ballot itself. Your vote matters, particularly when people want to take it away from you. Don't let them. Quick break, and we're back with more. Hey, this is Brad. The 2016 election season is now at full throttle. Here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year round like no other media outlet in the nation. But we need your support to keep doing so now more than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate to make a monthly pledge of any amount you like to help keep us going or even just a one time only contribution. While everyone else covers the horse race, we also keep our eyes on the track conditions those horses are running on. Because voting systems, access to the polls, and citizen oversight of election results can make all the difference. Please help us continue to fight independently for your democracy by taking about 60 seconds right now to stop by bradblog.com donate today. And thanks. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, Donald Trump does want you to vote. It's not that they, uh, the Republicans want everyone to not vote. They do want people to vote, certain people to vote. Uh, and in this case, uh, he was out, uh, I guess, talking to uh, elderly, people who are who may be uh, too sick to vote this year. Stephen Colbert noticed this at one of Donald Trump's uh, rallies uh, just uh, yesterday, I believe. He asked for a favor from an unlikely group, the terminally ill. I don't care how sick you are. I don't care if you just came back from the doctor and he gave you the worst possible prognosis, meaning it's over. You won't be around in two weeks doesn't matter hang out till November 8th get out and vote yeah just go into that booth pull that lever out of spite if I gotta go I'm taking y'all with me I really think 
I really think Trump has finally found his core demographic, people who will not be alive for his administration. Yes. Sure. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, speaking of people who won't be alive for his administration, well, that's actually, that's not fair. Okay, remember back, okay, in 2008, uh, Sarah Silverman, do you remember this, Des? She was, uh, she was incur- there at the time, back in 2008, Barack Obama was running for president for the first time. There was a lot of uh, elderly people who, let's say, have a different racial outlook than uh, younger voters. Okay. And down in Florida... Uh, she was urging, and once again, Florida was, you know, concerned it was going to be a swing state, just as it will be this year. Uh, she was concerned, uh, you know, that you had a whole bunch of old uh, Jewish people down in Florida who were afraid to elect the black guy, basically. <laughs> right. And younger voters, millennials and so forth, they weren't quite as afraid as uh, as their grandparents might be. So Sarah Silverman put out a video at the time urging these young voters to get in touch with their elderly grandparents down in Florida to encourage them to tell them, okay, please, you can go vote. You can go vote for Barack Obama. Here's a little bit of, uh, of Sarah Silverman back in 2008. If Barack Obama doesn't become the next president of the United States, I'm going to blame the Jews. I am. And I know you're saying like, oh my God, Sarah, I can't believe you're saying this. Jews are the most liberal scrappy, civil rights-y people there are. Yes, that's true. But you're forgetting a whole large group of Jews that are not that way, and they go by several aliases. Nana, Papa, uh, Zadie, Bubby, plain old Grandma and Grandpa. These are the people who vote in Florida, and the Florida vote can make or break an election. If you don't think that's true, why don't you think back to two elections ago when a little man named Al Gore got by Florida. <laughs> I'm making this video to urge you, all of you, to schlep over to Florida and convince your grandparents to vote Obama. It can make the difference. There's nobody more important or influential over your grandparents than their grandkids, you. If they vote for Barack Obama, they're going to get another visit this year. If not, let's just hope they stay healthy until next year. <laughs> so that was that was 2008. <laughs> Sarah Silverman uh, encouraging the young voters to go tell their Jewish grandparents that they needed to vote in Florida. Well, now the tables are turned. The tables are turned eight years later. And there's a concern that millennials will not turn out to vote, won't turn out to vote at all, won't vote for Hillary Clinton. So a group that supports Hillary Clinton uh, a group of uh, elderly uh, Jewish men and women. It's, a, it's an American Jewish voters group. And there's reason, uh, by the way, for these uh, Jews to be concerned about Donald Trump. Trump has uh, supported, uh, has some Jewish support, the Christian Science Monitor notes, but the majority of American Jews oppose his candidacy. They write, for starters, the Trump campaign has released uh, some anti-Semitic imagery and rhetoric, including tweeting a picture of Clinton against the backdrop of $100 bills with a six-pointed star pronouncing her the most corrupt candidate ever. I love how they put it. Many saw it as a Star of David because it was a Star of David. <laughs> Trump also uh, initially refused to disavow anti-Semitic uh, former Ku Klux Klan leader David Duke. Trump's alt-right and white nationalist supporters regularly use anti-Semitic rhetoric and imagery and target Jewish journalists on social media. And uh, this is a concern for uh, some Jewish voters 
the hostile stance that he's had against Muslims and, and immigrants. Because, uh, as Christian Science Monitor notes here, Trump's proposals against immigrants and Muslims are threatening to many American Jews who identify with the experiences of immigrants and religious minorities. So this comes from the Ben the Ark is the name of the group. It's an anti-Trump video. It taps into the fears of many of these older Jewish voters about Donald Trump, that he is willing to erode minority uh, groups' rights, and that may eventually lead to targeting other groups. These uh, elderly uh, Jewish folks in this uh, in this uh, video have a message for their for their grandkids. This is probably one of the most important elections because there's so much at stake. We have seen this before. We saw it in Germany, and we don't want to see it here. Mr. Trump is a narcissist. He's unpredictable. He's petulant. Yeah, he reminds me of my kid when he was little. He's petulant. Well, I'm afraid he's far more than a putz. Trump is definitely a tyrant. I just find him an obnoxious, lying individual, and I haven't any respect for him, and I have tremendous fears for this country and for you, my grandchildren. If you vote, the future is yours. If you don't vote. If you don't vote for Hillary. And that crazy man Trump is elected. I'll haunt you when I die. <laughs> My ghost will make sure that the kale in your fridge will rot twice as fast. I will haunt your Tinder and only let you swipe right on Rabbi's daughters. I will come back from the dead and I will unlike all your Facebook updates, whatever that means. I'll spoil every episode of Game of Thrones. When you're having a dinner party, my ghost will come down and say something racist. But if you're voting for Trump, you probably don't care. Uh, you can tell I'm a ghost and not a Trump supporter, right? He's dressed in a white sheet there. That's <laughs> from... <laughs> The uh, the Ben the Ark group, obviously opposing Donald Trump in favor of Hillary Clinton. My, how the worm has turned in uh, in just eight years. We got to get out. Uh, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, uh, to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it as ever at bradblog.com. Share it with your friends on the Facebooks and the Twitters where you can find me. I am simply the Brad blog there. You can also drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. All right. Uh, oh, my thanks again to those who have stopped by bradblog.com slash donate to help us continue to do what we do commercial and ad free right here on your public airwaves. Thank you for everything. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. <laughs> <laughs>